All right, guys, welcome to the Sports Bar Podcast. Yes, we've been out for a while, but we're back. We're finally back, bigger and better. And this is K-Man, as usual, here. This is a review episode of the Premier League weekend. This is match week 11, and we're excited because, as always, the Premier League is here to deliver and is, is always going to bring us good games and good action during the weekend. So, yes, I'm here with George today. George, what's up? Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here, as always. Yeah, that's great. This weekend, we have so many interesting fixtures, so many interesting ties. So, I'll just go through um, for this weekend. So, we we see what's happening over the weekend. So, on Friday, which is today, later in the day, we have Southampton hosting Aston Villa. And tomorrow, we have the big one, the early kickoff. That's Manchester United versus Manchester City. That's the Manchester derby. Then there's Brentford versus Norwich, Chelsea versus Burnley, Crystal Palace versus Wolves, Brighton versus Newcastle. And on Sunday, we have Arsenal versus Watford, Everton versus Spurs, Leeds versus Leicester City, and then West Ham versus Liverpool. Remember, you can go follow, like, and subscribe for this podcast wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor, wherever you find your podcast. Just go follow, like, and subscribe, and listen to greatness, basically. As I said before, my name is Kman, and I'm here with George today. George, how was your week? It, it was good. It was good. Um. Uh of activity that's for sure um it was a, an exciting champions league um week um so many great fixtures um united doing what they do as usual um, coming back making it they're making it even more difficult for themselves you know i don't know why you know they 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 they, they decide to fight and pull up a good performance only when they go on the back foot you know you can't you can't keep doing that you know i don't want to sound negative i prefer to be optimistic all the time but hey eventually you will meet a team that you can see the first go to, and they'll be happy to sit back. You'll not be able to come back, you know. And so, mm. um, it's it's a very dangerous way we play. But hey, um, it's um, Ronaldo saving us only, um, you know, um, increases our chances of you know us progressing from the group, you know, making it to the the the, the knockout stages. And so, they were two vital goals, you know. And so, yeah, it it was a great week. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah. Right, so let's start there at Old Trafford and in the game, the Manchester Derby, which is on Saturday. I mean, we can talk about Southampton and Aston Villa, but maybe later in the show, let, let's start with the Manchester Derby because that's the most important thing. And, you know, there's this question about Manchester United and, I mean, it's recurring, like almost every week and always in the news because of something. I mean, last week, it was a brilliant job they did against Spurs. They won the game against Spurs 3-0. Um, but this weekend they come up against a different proposition. It's 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 Manchester City, you know. They are wounded animals, if I can say that from last week, because they lost against Crystal Palace. Uh, I don't know, but I'm just having really, really. I, I'm getting some vibes from this game. To be honest, I really hope it's not a five-no victory for Manchester City, like what Liverpool did to United, but. How do you see this game panning out? Like, what, what, as a Manchester United fan, I'd like to get your opinion on it. I'll, I'll, I'll say what I think after you give your opinion, but let's hear from you first. Well, um, I expect it to be expansive. You know, I, I expect to see a lot of end-to-end stuff. Um, in previous Manchester derbies, we've seen, you know, Ole try and sit back, you know, hit them on the counter and everything, but... Um, it doesn't always work with this Manchester City side. You know, they're such a well-oiled team. You know, they're excellent in every department. And regardless of how you, as the opposition, decide to approach the game, you know, they will um, find a way to counter it. Um, but, yeah, I, I want to speak about the Spurs game briefly, just touch on it briefly. And, you know, some of the stuff people were saying after the game, before the game, people were saying we, we shouldn't, we um, it's nothing to be excited about. The victory was nothing to be excited about because... Spurs were toothless, you know, Spurs were not, you know, they weren't on form, they weren't a good side and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I sort of disagree, you know, I think, personally, I think perspective is everything. And yes, they, they may have had a point, but considering our circumstances as well, I, I'd say it was a very good job we did, you know, because yes, you can say, oh yes, yeah, Spurs are not on form or whatever. But yes, we too, we hadn't been on form. We too... Ole was on the brink of getting the sack. We too, our, our performances hadn't been great, you know, um, in, in, in recent weeks. And so Spurs could have capitalized on that and won the game because, yes, yeah, stuff was also in disarray in our camp. And so 
yeah, if if Spurs had won the game, would people have been saying things differently? Would would, would we be having that conversation? Would people be saying, us, ah, um, Manchester United um, should be ashamed because um, they they lost to a weak side, you know, or something like that? I I don't think so. I think Spurs are a great team. You know, it's just it's just unfortunate they um you know their their manager Nuno didn't have the you know the 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 the, the tactical prowess you know to 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 get them where they're supposed to be. I think Spurs have very great individuals. And so, yeah, I disagree with what some of the people were saying. I think it was a great victory. I think um, Ole played his tactics to perfection. But, yeah, back to this game. Um, yeah, City will, you know, undoubtedly be unhappy with their result last week. It's it's the Premier League and you should never underestimate anyone. But, hey, it's it's Crystal Palace. You know, on any normal day, you'd expect City to beat, Chris, beat Crystal Palace. Excuse me. But, um. Yeah, they'll be they'll be looking to bounce back because <laughs> City will be looking enviously at Chelsea, you know, sitting comfortably at the top of the table, and saying, "Hey, man, we need to get as much points, you know, as we can. You know, we need to be closing the gap this early. You know, this excuse of, of it being early, I, I don't. It's <laughs> December will be here soon, and it will be the halfway point of the season, you know, and so we we can't keep saying it's early forever. You know, the the, the table is beginning to to take shape." And so yeah, I think I think um City will be looking to win this game. They'll go all out. From the from a United standpoint, um we don't know. We 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 still don't know what our best side is, you know. For eighty-nine minutes, it it look like we're on the back foot, you know, in the nine the nineteenth minute Ronaldo would rescue us and then people would praise him and all of that, you know. But in um if if we were to start Cavani or something like that, we play exceptionally and um I don't know. You, you just don't know what to expect from this Manchester City. Yeah, yeah, you do. This United side, sorry. And um, so yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you short, but yeah, yeah. we saw we saw Oli um, employ a different formation last week. It worked for him. Manchester City are a very different different side from Spurs. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect from him, but it will be exciting to see. But yes, we're it should make for a fascinating fixture because. Yeah, you know, uh, midweek Paul Scholes says something about Harry Maguire. He said he doesn't know if he's he's still fatigued from the Euros or if he hasn't made a full recovery from the injury he he sustained a few weeks ago. But he just doesn't look right. You know, he looks off. He just looks off, and it's a concern if we're being brutally honest because Varane is out, Maguire isn't hasn't been the best, and um, Bay is injury prone too. He's he's one of the, our greatest centre backs, but he's 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 injury prone. You know, he's injury prone and. He has the tendency to be a, a little bit reckless, but he's good. I think Ole should give him a chance. But hey, man, you know, I, I, I'm excited to see because, yeah, again, from a United standpoint, if we win, we go level on points with them and um, we climb further up the table. I'm, I'm not happy where we are. I mean, hey, other teams are in worse predicaments than we are, but, you know, Manchester United, with all the signings we've made, with all the expectations we had, you know, coming into this season, you know, at least we, we should be in at least second place, man, you know, and yeah, um, the gap is widening, you know. If, if we, we drop points again, it will be disastrous for Ole, you know, considering the circumstances again. He may, you know, all the talk of his job being on the line, you know, may, you know, people will start talking about stuff like that. And so, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to see what Ole, you know, puts up. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, um, I feel like Ole has, he has like nine lives or something. Because <laughs> if you, <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know. Every time it seems like a recurring occurrence. Like every time he's under pressure, he pulls out results from from the bag, and then and then you guys go on to win. It's the same thing. I mean, against Spurs, it was like I was listening to something during the week or something, and then someone was like, "This is going to happen." He actually predicted that you guys were going to beat Spurs, and then they would draw against At- Atalanta or win against Atalanta, and and he he gets to keep his job again. It's the board has this, this I don't know, like they 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 accept only for who he is, and maybe they, they think there's this building project that's happening at Manchester United. But for me personally, and I use the Chelsea example. I always go back to the Chelsea example because I am a Chelsea fan and everything. I love Frank Lampard as a player. He was my hero when I was growing up watching Chelsea. I remember on all my jerseys, I had the number eight because like I idolized him and everything. But when he came into the into the managerial position, he he clearly lacked it. He wasn't he wasn't as good as Pep. He wasn't as good as Klopp. 
you know, maybe he 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 got victories against them and everything. But then in the long run, the consi- the consistency, sorry, wasn't there for the team and it affected the team. I mean, he did great qualifying the team for the Champions League with the likes of Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham and and Zappa Costa and all of those people. <laughs> a, a weird team there. But then, you know, in the end, when it wasn't cutting it, it wasn't cutting it for for me. I don't know what your opinion is on Oli. I know you love him as 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 a Manchester as a Manchester um hero. He's done a lot for the club and everything. But I don't know. I want your opinion on this because my opinion on it is he just doesn't cut it. You know, with Pep Guardiola in the league, with Thomas Tuchel in the league, with Jurgen Klopp in the league, and now Antonio Conte. We can. I I don't think I'll be wrong in saying that there are four better coaches than him. You understand? And he might get victories against these people in one game, but in the long run. I don't know. I don't think he's the he's the man to lead the team to win trophies. I don't know what your opinion on on this is, but I don't know. I just want to know. I just want to know about it. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, there is something to be said for all the points people are making. You know about the the other four four world class managers in the league. It, it really makes um, life even more difficult for Ole. And you you can understand the concern of Manchester United fans. And um George, okay, let me ask you a question right now. Like, let me just simplify it. Let's say Conte wasn't wasn't at space right now, and he was he was twerking for the Manchester United job, and you had Oli. Who would you have gone for if you're a Manchester United board? Oli and Conte, or Oli versus Conte at this present time, like without all your biases and everything. I know you, how much you love Oli and everything, but without all your biases and everything, who would you have gone for? Well, if I'm being brutally honest, you know, after after the after the de- defeat um to Liverpool, you know, and the, there was so much talk of you know Antonio Conte being interested in him, you know, the board contacting him and whatever, there was a part of me that was secretly hoping that he would, you know, he would be appointed. I, I must be brutally honest with you because it was an absolute train wreck. You know, it was a total. You know, it was absolutely, you know, catastrophic what happened, you know, against Liverpool. And it should never, ever happen again. And, um, yes, you you don't you don't need to... You only need to watch Manchester United matches to see that, yeah, Ole, Ole, it doesn't look like he knows what he's he's doing, what his best team is. I mean, Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo is literally saving him his job right now. Yes, I, mean, <laughs> yes, I absolutely agree. But, yeah, let, let me not talk too much. Again, yeah, the the... The, the sentiment is strong. The bias is strong. Mm. But if, if I'm being brutally honest, if, if I were the board and if Ole had lost against Atalanta, if he loses against City, I would have, I would have, I would have, I would have looked for Antonio Conte's number. If I'm being brutally mm. honest, yeah. Mm. The, 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 now, let, let's let's focus on Manchester City because, I mean, this season they haven't been, I mean, it's Manchester City, though, so obviously you're going to have performances where, they're great and they're scoring goals and everything, but they, they haven't been really consistent this season. And um, you know, this with this the way the league is this season, there there's so many people at the top right now. Liverpool are not losing points. Chelsea just do not look like they're losing points right now. Do you think these little um losses of points against Crystal Palace, against Southampton, these little little things are gonna affect Manchester City in the end? Because Let's admit they might come back against Manchester United. I fully expect them to uh, have a good performance against Manchester United. Um, but so because they they seem like sometimes they stagger against the lesser teams. It was against Southampton. They had zero shots on target against Crystal Palace. They were. I think Crystal Palace deserved the victory in the end. I mean, there are little little things that are happening that. Things are not going right for them in little in small small games. Do you think this is going to affect them in the end? Absolutely not. You know, if if history is any indication, um, they they are can they can bounce back. You know, when um, it's required of them. What did we see last season? Last season and the early the early part of the season, they didn't um, they weren't performing particularly well. They had Sergio Aguero out, and um, but they came back. You know, they went unbeaten for how many games, and they ended up winning the league. Um, and so yeah, I, I don't I, I don't think it it will be a huge cause for concern. Yes, you can you, you you can't say yes. They have a bit to be worried about considering how Chelsea are playing. You know, Chelsea are playing 
exceptionally well, you know, getting maximum points from every game and all of that. And they, if I'm being honest, I don't, I don't see them stopping anytime soon. You know, I, I do. I, I think we've had this conversation on this pod before. I think Chelsea win the league. But, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think it will be it will um, affect them in any way. I fully expect them to bounce back. You know, when, when you play against these small teams, small in quotes, you know, disrespect to them, yeah. they they have this this I don't know this vigor. You know, they want to show. They want they 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 they, they want to upset. You know, they want to show that yeah they belong where the big boys are. You know, they 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 put up their best, and you don't really know what to expect from them. You know, you underestimate them at your own peril. And so, yes, like you you rightly said, against they lost against Crystal Palace last week against Southampton, they went at their best. But um, going forward, I don't think I don't think Pep will make the the same mistakes he made in these in the these games in which he dropped points. You know, I fully expect them to bounce back. Yeah. The, the the striker problem, the thing with the striker, do you think is actually going to affect them? Because obviously we knew they were, in the, they were in the market for a striker over the summer, the whole hurricane fiasco and everything that happened. But you know, when they lose, when they lose games or when they don't win games, the striker thing comes up. When they win games, the striker thing also comes comes up. Like there's always too much. Then City really need a striker, or when they lose games, too much. The City really need a striker to help them. You know, win games, and the whole thing is just—it's um, just going to be there till the end of the season, or till when they get a striker. Do you think they should go out in January for someone like Haaland or maybe Harry Kane because maybe he still wants to leave Spurs? I expect them to, you know, Pep, Pep Guardiola would like some stability up front. You know, a proven goal scorer, someone, you know, who can, you know, dominate the final third, someone good in possession, someone who's finishing a top tier, and all of that. But this talk of them, you know, the the talk of the striker coming up when they lose the game. Even when they had strikers, they were losing games. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. They don't need a, they don't need a striker. I don't think they do. But I, I, I fully expect them to go get one. You know, just for the team to have that that presence. You know, that presence up front. You know, that proven goal scoring presence. You know, someone with that experience up front. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've seen him employ well, Phil Foden, Gabriel Jesus. You know, even sometimes Ferran Torres, you know, up front and they, they play, you know, they they play this his game plan to perfection. And so I won't say they're in desperate need of a striker, but yeah, they may go for one, you know, just for that, you know, that stability, you know, the, the cherry on the icing on the cake, you know, something like that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I don't think it's affecting them that much, you know, because they, they still are playing exceptionally well. You know, they play the best football in the league. And so yeah, I, I I don't think they're in desperate need of one, but I, I do expect mm. them to go for one, you know, because that's Pep, you know, he's, you know, he always wants to splash some cash, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, this, this match is going to be an exciting match. I'm actually looking forward to it because you know that's the that's the only thing. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy comes out with a victory against Manchester City and just like everything is normal. For the next like five weeks until Manchester United are in a, <laughs> are in a perceived or perceived crisis again. So let's just wait for this match and see. Is the early kickoff, so we don't have to wait too long for it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's see how it goes. And I, I, I actually want a good result for Manchester United yeah. also to ruin, to ruin George's weekend. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah, early. I know, man. That's the, the crazy thing, you know. That the, uh, early kickoffs, you know, there's yeah. such a the bittersweet, you know, feeling like if. If your team wins, and yes, you know your week, your weekend is, is made yeah. up. If they lose, you know they ruin the weekend. It ruins the weekend. Oh, oh, man, I don't know. So let's let's it's see how that game goes. goes. Yeah. yeah, Ole versus Pep and Cristiano Ronaldo versus the Manchester City. Yeah, funny people, people, people like to say Ole, you know, he's he's not a tactician, whatever. He actually doesn't have a bad record against Pep. You know, last um two seasons ago. He beat him home and away, you know what I mean? He beat him home at the ATR. Yeah, he beat him on December 7th, yeah. 2019. And um, just before we went um, on lockdown, you know, here in Ghana, he beat him yeah. as well. He dominated that goal after Edison came out of the, his goal of the, 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 the pole. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he beat so, him home and away. And so, I mean, it, it's not people... He, he only gets a lot of stick, but hey, he, he's gotten it right on some occasions. He deserves some credit, you know. So, yeah. Let's see, man. Let's see. Don't write them off totally. Let's see. Have some faith yeah. in him, man. Yeah. 
right. So let's see how that goes with Ole. So let's go to let's go to Sunday's games. We'll come back to Saturday's games, but let's go to Sunday Sunday's games because they are really there's some really tough or tasty fixtures on Sunday first. And let's talk about this. Everton versus Spurs game. Now I want to talk about Spurs obviously because they 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 have been causing waves or shock waves in the, in the football world this week and with the employment or the sacking of Nuno first and then the employment of Antonio Conte. Now let's start with Nuno. Um, against Manchester United, they lost three 0 Obviously, it wasn't a good performance. The weekend before, they lost against West Ham. It was a drab performance. I watched that game and they went. They didn't look like they were going to score. I mean, they could play. They could have played that game three times over, and Tottenham Hotspur wouldn't have scored a goal. But it was the same thing against um, Manchester United too. I, I feel like uh, they they got certain chances, but they were very poor on the day and everything. And Manchester United deserved their victory. Do you think it was a good? <laughs> I've, I've 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 actually introduced this in the wrong way. It's, it's putting Nuno in a very bad light. But do you think it was a good thing to sack Nuno? Because like this Spurs team, I don't think they can do more than they're actually doing. Or something. Because I feel like honestly, it has to be something behind the scenes that happened. Maybe the players went to speak to Daniel Levy or the 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 people at the top in the club and they decided to sack Nuno because maybe the players didn't like the style of play or his way of training or something. Because I, I, I don't think he's done necessarily that bad in the job at Spurs, but you think he deserved a sack? Well, I mean, first I'd like to touch on something you said, something I found particularly interesting. You said mm-hmm. you don't you don't think this Spurs can do more than they're doing right now. Kobe, how different... This team isn't so different from the from the side Mauricio Pochettino had, and they were wreaking, wreaking havoc, you know, no, qualifying they... for Champions League every season. No, sorry, sorry to cut you so sorry. But yeah. I, no, I think when Nuno, Nuno is such a nice guy, and he did an exceptional job of Wolves. I just think the team was maybe I think the the magnitude of the job. I think it was just too big for him. Mm-hmm. That's my take, you know, because these are some brilliant players: Kobe, Human, Son, Harry Kane. You know, these are exceptional, great players. Exceptional. No, but players. that's that's why it ends. You see, because last season there was it was basically Son and Kane that carried the team. The highest contributions of goals. Um, Kane was the highest goal scorer and also the highest assist giver in the Premier League. And this season, he in the beginning of at the beginning of the season, I think everybody knows that he doesn't want to be there. His body language doesn't doesn't look like a player that wants to be as spares. He looks disinterested. I don't know if how. That, that's how I see it. That's how a lot of people see it. And I feel like the mistake they made was keeping him at the club. And if you have that with a manager who isn't necessarily tactically the best or who isn't necessarily performing or who maybe the players don't like, then that's that's double jeopardy because like, it's not going to work. If you have a player like Harry Kane, that's not, that's not scoring goals and you keep on playing him. He doesn't want to be in the club and you keep on playing him. Obviously, there's no way you're going you're gonna get results. He might say, "Oh, he wants to be in the, he wants to be there. He he's gonna do everything for the club until the summer or and the January transfer window." But then when you look at it, when I look at Hurricane, he barely gets touches in the box. He sometimes you see him playing left back. Sometimes you see him playing right back. <laughs> you know, he's he's scored how many goals this season? Just a goal against a hapless Newcastle side. They don't they don't know what they're doing at Newcastle themselves. And it's it's so frustrating to watch because you know Harry Kane is an exceptional player, you know Human Song is an exceptional player, but I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's something in the back, in the in something that happened behind the scenes, because it looks as if the whole team was, it was drab. It, there, there's no creativity in the team. They barely get chances, and that's the thing. If Harry Kane was was getting chances and missing, then you would say maybe. Uh, well, maybe it's him that maybe his head is not straight or anything, but he's not even getting the chances. You barely see him in the box, and and it's so frustrating to watch because you know Hurricane is such a good player. So for me, this team, well, they might have great players, one or two great players, but then the overall quality in the team, ah, because in the midfield, who, who can, if if you can really. Show show me someone in the midfield who is who, <laughs> who is good quality here yeah, because 
Indombele has moments. <laughs> he has one one good game the whole season and disappears. We don't know what Deli Ali is doing with his with his football career. He, I don't know if he's a model or what. He doesn't he, does, <laughs> he doesn't even play games these days, you know. And it's it's just frustrating because you know these are some good players, you know. When Deli Ali broke onto the scene, he was one of the best players in England. One of the best youngsters he used to score goals. He used to do things. He barely does that, and. Check the midfield they are playing. Who um, Oliver Skip and um, um, Hoybay? <laughs> Where's the creativity going to come from? You understand? And that's the frustration I have with this, with this, with this, this, this Spurs team. And over the weekend against against Manchester United, I was looking at the lineup and I saw Ben Davis. I mean, like, oh God, please, what 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 is Ben Davis doing in the team? Like you and everything, I don't know. It's just drab at, at, at Spurs. I don't know. I I really do not know if Antonio Conte, if what will happen with this thing. If Antonio Conte will Conte Spurs or Spurs will Spurs Conte. I don't know. Let let's see, <laughs> let's see how it goes. But I don't know. So you think you think it was a, it was a good decision to sack Nuno? Is that yes, what you say? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was. You know the. Mm. I think it was too big a responsibility for him and. I think he. Uh, I agree with some of the points you made. If if your 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 best your best player, arguably the greatest striker in England, you know, doesn't want to, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's low on confidence, he's low on morale, he doesn't want to be at the club anymore. He's publicly voiced his displeasure, you know, with 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 the the, the team, the way the team set up, you know, with um his um his failure to win trophies, you know, that that's not a good sign. I mean, who. Hurricane will bench any other striker in any in any starting eleven anywhere in the world. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's 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 um it's a little bit disastrous what's going on there. But Antonio Conte is a proven winner. I, I expect him to you know you know maybe give them an identity and uh, get some good results out of them. This is not too late. You know, hopefully he can salvage something. You know, maybe a top six finish for them. You know, we'll see. Let's see. You know, it's 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 very tight at the top there. You know, City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool, top four. I don't know. We'll never know. This is the Premier League. You know, nothing is ever a foregone conclusion. But you know, Antonio Conte can 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 do some work. So let's see. It'll be interesting to see going forward. Yeah. Yeah, with the Antonio Conte thing, I, I, I'm a Chelsea fan, so obviously I have a soft spot for Antonio, and hmm. he's going to bring passion to the team. He, obviously, he's going to work the team. He's going, he's going to, hopefully, he's going to, he's going to order things there. But as a Chelsea fan, also there were periods when, you know, I was so frustrated when Antonio Conte was in the was in the in the managerial position. I mean, that 2016-2017 season was brilliant. We won the league and everything, and all that happened. Uh, but then after, <laughs> I remember there was, I think when Wes Batley came into this, the club, the first, very first time, there was so much excitement. Although it was it has proven to be very misguided excitement since <laughs> then. But uh, there was this, I think there was, he came into the club and then there was this thing where we wanted to see him play because the team was not, it wasn't like we were, we were so, like, we were doing well with the other players that were on the pitch and everything. There was William frustrating the hell out of us and everything. So I did to see Barkley play. And then this man was like, every time there was a press conference and they asked him about Conte, he was like, we have to, we have to suffer, we have to... In, in that Italian accent, it was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was just extremely funny. And then there were times when, you know, we go into the transfer window and you hear weird names like Ash just being linked with Ashley Barnes and Peter Crouch and things. And it was just frustrating. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he's going to bring Arturo Vidal or Alexis Sanchez from Inter Milan and bring them to Spurs. But let's see what, what, what happens with Antonio Conte. I'm excited for him to be there. Yeah, so I think Conte, Conte is a good fit for the for for Spurs. I think he'll he'll prove to to be a good coach to them. I mean, he he has a proven record. He's a winner everywhere he goes. So let's see. It'll be an exciting exciting journey for the Spurs fans. I know they are buzzing. They have a great stadium. They have a great training facility and everything. So um, let's see what happens. The only question I want to ask: Do you think this is going to change Harry Kane's mind um, in a certain way? Do you think whatsoever this thing is going to change the appointment of Conte is going to change Harry Kane's mind? It may a little bit because he's um, he's a proven winner. You know, he's he's done it before. He's won the Premier League before, and he 
he just may be the man to lead Spurs back to trophies, you know. But mm. he obviously, you know, undoubtedly be, you know, um, excited at the at the idea of joining Manchester City, which is a way better team than this Spurs side, you know. Mm. Um, in back in the summer when um, you know there was so much speculation about his future, you know, is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? You know, I, I heard some pundits, you know, speaking about how. Um, the board, you know, and the, the spares the club haven't done the best to supply Hurricane with fellow, you know, world class players, you know, to help win those trophies, you know, the, the, the trophies he's badly craving. And so, yes, if, if you were to compare, you know, this spare side to the to the other um, clubs that want to signature, I'm sure Hurricane would definitely be dying to join Manchester City. But hey, who knows? I'm, I'm sure. Antonio Conte will have a conversation with him if he's, you know, impressed with his vision, you know, um, what he, the style he wants the the Spurs team to play. He may, he very well might be, you know, um, encouraged to stay. But yeah, I think it's a good question. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. All right, that's great. So now let's let's switch our attention to Everton. And <laughs> Rafa Benitez surely has like two more lifelines left before the Everton fans start. Going to his house to, house to sack him themselves from from Merseyside because it has been a poor run for for them. I think in the last three games they've lost their last three or something of that sort. I'm not really sure, but they lost to Watford. That was embarrassing. And last week they lost to Wolves again. And I mean, there was a positive few at the club in the beginning of the season. I mean, they went to Old Trafford and they drew one one with Manchester United and all, and everybody thought. Well, yeah, maybe there might be something up their sleeves, but then there's been a poor run of, of form for them. Um, do you think they Well, this is a question that I think I know the answer already, but do you think the Everton fans are, are, are going to show patience with Rafa Benitez? Well, they have to. I mean, it's never easy with a new manager coming in. And um, Rafa has already, already shown you know, that he's, he's, he's willing to give this team an identity and all of that. Yes, like you said, they've um, put in some good performances. And so, yeah, I, I personally, I think in modern football, I think there's so much, um, I think there's such a knee-jerk reaction to everything that happens. You know, a, a club wins um, wins a game, they're like, yes, this is the man. You know, they lose the next game, and like, no, nah, this guy should be sucked. You know, I, I don't know. It it shouldn't be wrong. You know, it, it shouldn't be so reactionary all the time. Oh, but with Rafa, he was he was like he was it was he was heading into the storm as soon as he he took the Everton job because the Everton <laughs> fans they literally did not like him, so it was like ah uh, well uh, he had a couple of victories or a, a, a couple of bad runs or a, a three game bad run spell for him and the fans were going to turn on him and the Everton fans are they are not forgiving fans they, there's gonna be a lot of pressure if they don't beat Spurs on Sunday. And I, for me, I personally think that he's he's a good coach and everything, but he doesn't seem to doesn't seem to read the room before he accepts the job. And I, I think that's it's a brave person to do that because he he tries to he tries to um, tackle every everything head on and everything. But I I don't know. I'm I'm actually fear for him. He has I feel like he has a couple of games more to to just prove himself. Do you think they can get anything against the Spurs side? It'll be difficult. It'll be difficult, you know, because um, Antonio Conte will be looking to register his first victory, you know, his first Premier League victory, you know, mm-hmm. as um as as his first man. And um, but yeah, um, Everton can capitalize on the fact that yeah, the you know with the, with, with the fact that yeah, Spurs are trying to adjust to you know a new manager, a new manager style of play and everything. Besides that, they'll be looking to bounce back. Yeah, like you said, their performances haven't been then their results haven't been the best of late, but. Yeah, I, I do fully expect them to to, to 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 get something out of this game. You know, Andres Townsend is, is playing exceptionally well. Um, I think they've got Richarlison back now as well. Mm. Calvin, it's a shame Calvin Lewin is is he injured? I yeah, think he's, he's still out injured. He's still out injured. I mean, yeah, he, he's going out doing Panducci jobs right now. He was on Sky <laughs> last week. That's funny. Yeah, I, yeah, I, saw, I saw him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, I I do think they'll be able to. They'll um they'll give Spurs a tough time. Yeah. Mm. All right, now let's go to our next game. That's West Ham versus Liverpool. Liverpool are visiting the London Stadium, and it's going to be a tough match, you know. Because let's start with West Ham. 
David Moyes has been exceptional this season. You know, this West Ham team is flying. They beat Aston Villa, I think, was it 4-1 four, four, four or something? I'm not really sure about the, the, the scoreline last week. But they did an exceptional job there. And they've been flying. I think they are fourth on the table or they are fifth. I think they are fourth on the table right now. And they are defying expectations and things. I've been particular about this Western side because they, they find a way to balance their European games with their with their Premier League games. Antonio doesn't play most of their European games. He he's mostly out of the squad even. He's not even in the squad and everything. Do you think they can sustain it? Because last season they were sit, if I'm not mistaken. They they were close to it, but in the end, just like Leicester City does almost every year, they, they drop off in their last two games or last three games. You think they've had the experience of that, and this season they can sustain their their um, top four push. Well, um, I expect them to. You know, it'll be difficult. It'll be very difficult. It's it's it's, it's very competitive this season. But um, with the way they've been playing, you know, they've not um, they've not taken their foot off the pedal. You know, the the way they they played last season, you can see um you can see they still um they still play the same way. And um, but yeah, I think it's a very good point that you made, and I expect them to go far in Europe. You know, I don't think they'll win the European mm-hmm. League. I want Leicester. I hope I want Leicester to win it. You know, I like Brendan Rodgers, and I think, I think he's he's done a very good job. You know, so far with with this Leicester squad. I hope he wins it. But um, yeah, as to whether they will sustain it, um, I think they can. You know, it's it's again, it's so competitive this season. But um, I, I do expect them to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a game against Liverpool this weekend at home, and Liverpool have been flying. That's an understatement. I mean, last week's draw with Brighton, I think, was was just a bump in the road. I have to commend Brighton for that that, that game. Also, they were exceptional in that game. I think they deserved the victory in that game, to be honest. But they they came out with a draw. I think they'll take a draw. But Liverpool against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League during the week, they were exceptional. They were they were brilliant, and. That was perceived to be the group of death. They've actually qualified with two games left of it right now. Mo Salah is in an exceptional form. Um, Sadio Mane is in a good is in a good form. Is in a good vein of form. Um, Roberto Firmino is playing really good. Jota is doing well. Um, they seem like they know what they are doing in that in that, at that team. Jurgen Klopp is doing well. The only problem I I, I have or the only concern I have is that of problem course. because. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the squad, the squad is just it's, the first eleven is great, but then they have to, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing because so they have to play Mo Salah every against against Brighton. They have to play Mo Salah. Mo Salah have to play against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. He definitely has to play this game against West Ham because West Ham are not going to be a pushover. Do you think there's going to be burnout? And with, with this, there's also the the Afcon coming up in January, and, and I think Liverpool will be. There's news that they want to cancel the Afcon or, or whatever. I don't know how that's going, but Liverpool will literally be, or Jurgen Klopp will literally be on his knees praying that that happens because if that doesn't happen, they're going to miss Mo Salah, who is arguably their best player, the best player in the league this season. And Sergio Mane, who who is who is like who is this like Batman and Robin? Both of them are going to be gone. And who's going to save Gotham City? <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion on that, George? Well, um, they've got Alex Oxley Chamberlain, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's that's, that's like me. moving from a Mercedes to a Skoda or something. That's, that's... <laughs> I don't underestimate the Hawks, man. I mean, he's he's he's, he's a great player. He's a great player. Um, no, it, it will be. It, it's a good point. You know, it's a good observation people have made, and I think yes, Liverpool do have a cause for concern because, I mean, like you said, Mozilla is the one getting all the goals. You know, he and Sadio Mane arguably are their two best players, and I do expect it to be difficult. Um, but. Jagan Klopp is he's a he's a he's a, he's a he's a master he's a master tactician and mm-hmm. if there's any if I mean he's he I feel I fully expect him to you know come up with some way you'd be surprised you know you'd be surprised they Jota can hold the fort you know while they're away um they've still got Roberto Firmino and um yeah I, I don't think I, I don't I don't consider it you know as as bleak as many people are saying it is you know they I think 
those players are not equally capable. Obviously, yes, Mosala and Sadio Mane are way better players than the rest of their forwards. But yeah, we we've seen we've seen David Origi get some important goals for them. You know, um, yes, again, the Origi man. Yes, Jota. You know, for you know, they can do it. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. You know, it, yes, they will. They will really miss Salah and Mane, but. I expect them. I don't expect them to suffer too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let, let's focus on the game because it, it's. I'm actually looking forward to this. Also, this game also. It'll be a brilliant game. I, I, okay, let me not jinx it or anything. But I, I, from this perspective of, of from my POV, it's going to be a very good game because both teams are attacking teams. Let's say they they go out to score goals and everything. There's Jared Bowen. There's Antonio who. I don't know how he does it, but he keeps on scoring goals and everything. There's there's Salah, obviously. There's Firmino and all of that. Is, where do you think West Ham can win this game from? Because I think Declan Rice has been brilliant this season. Um, obviously, if he stays at West Ham beyond next season, I'll be very surprised. But do you think the midfield is going to, is going to be very important in this game? Yeah, absolutely crucial. I think uh, there, there's very little you can do when you come up against Liverpool. But mm-hmm. I think if there's something you can do, it's to try and block the supply to to Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're able to contain them, I think you stand a very good chance. You know, um, yeah, which we've seen. If you look at the way West Ham play, you know, they they're good on counters. Michael Antonio. Yeah, I must say he's he's he's, he's breaking been breaking my heart of late because he's not been doing well for my, for my fantasy. Yeah, and actually I had to I had to substitute him. You know, I I bought some other player. For oh, him. Who did I buy? It must have been I think I got Richarlison or someone. But oh, yeah, oh. um, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think West Ham. I, I think yeah, Antonio's got some pace, and um, um, they've got Benarama, Susek, who's who's an ex. A very good, you know, distributor as well. You know, if yeah. if they're able to block the supply to Mosala and Sadio Mane, I think they stand a very good chance. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the the thing about the defense and everything. They've been exceptional this season. Zuma mm-hmm. and I think Ogbonna or something, and and the wing backs or their left backs and their right backs have been really good. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm I'm actually looking forward to it, as I said before. And the West Ham the West Ham fans will be pumped. It'll be a good atmosphere. And, with regards to what happened against Brighton last week, I think West Ham can take a page out of their book and they just just see what they can do against this Liverpool side. Because I feel like with this Liverpool side, if you decide to defend the whole 90 minutes, they'll find a way to get, get past you. But if you take the game to them and attack as Brighton did last weekend, I think you stand a better chance of winning. Okay, let's see how that goes. Now, let's come back to Saturday and the league leaders are in action against Burnley. Um... Chelsea have been interesting this season. I watched the game against Newcastle last week, obviously, and it was it was an interesting game because in the in the first half, Newcastle literally did not have any intention of playing football. They just wanted to stick ten people in their half or eleven people in their half and, and just see what Alex and Maximan what miracle or what magic and Alex. Alex Maximan can do for them. Is it Alex Maximan? Same Maximan, sorry. Same Maximan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, can do for them. But um, with Chelsea, I mean, they they probed. They it was patience. They were patient. They were they were they were they were pragmatic. They didn't they didn't lose their heads and go in guns blazing. They just went. There's always going to be that one really good shots that ends up like outside the stadium or something. But then they were still. <laughs> They were still they, they waited and waited and they got three goals in I think five or six minutes and the game was done. It was the same thing in the Champions League game and it, with the Champions League game I was I was very frustrated in a way that we they scored just a goal. I felt like they could have done more and everything. But they've coped very well without Lukaku Wena and Kovacic and I think Mason Mount. I don't know if he'll be fit for this game or or what, but. They're still getting results, even though their their players are not there or the the injuries are racking up. Yeah, you know, yes. People like talk about yeah, like like we spoke um about we speak about Manchester City not having a striker and everything. I think I keep saying it, you know. If as a Manchester United fan, I'm a bit envious, you know. When I watch Chelsea, you know, I don't I don't know. You're such a well-oiled, 
machine, you know, everything. And, and you're just, you know, really good in every department. And we talk about teams not needing strikers. How long has Lukaku been out for, you know, and how, how many goals did any of your number nine score in that game against was it Norwich with seven nil? Yeah. How yeah. many how many of the strikers scored in that game, you know? That, that yeah. was that's absolutely exceptional. You know, Mason Mount, you know, midfielder getting a hat trick. That 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 was great. That that that's brilliant. That is brilliant. That is yeah. that is the mark of, of an excellent side, you know. Yeah we just scoring two goals last week against I mean, that's yeah. unheard of, you know. <laughs> Nothing against Rhys James here, but I mean, yeah, it only really, goes to show that Chelsea mean business. And I'll say it again, I will not be surprised. It will break my heart, yes, but I will not be surprised to see them win the league. You know, I think they've got everything it takes. But how long is Lukaku going to be out for? Apparently, they're saying they're after the international break. They're looking, wow. yeah, just after, the, I think after this weekend, there's an international break. So when they come back, that's when he, he's, he's, He's likely to return with Timo Werner. I think that's yeah. an yeah, that's an important mm-hmm. section of them because for 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 the team because then their games against Leicester and Manchester United and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he don't, don't seem to be faced by his absence. I think that's yeah. very good. You know, he's brilliant. I mean, hey, he he make it in any side. You any side would want to have him there. But I mean, if your your main man is absent and you're still you know. Um, able to perform at that level, that, that's that's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Props to Chelsea. Props to Thomas Tuchel, man. He really deserved yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Now let's focus on Burnley because last week um, I was I was watching the goal rush and I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I thought maybe there was a diff- there was a mistake that was happening. Then maybe the colours <laughs> had changed on the team. But Burnley scoring three goals against Brentford in the first half was was I think it's, it's unheard of. I mean, like I was surprised as. <laughs> I've been the whole year or something, and I've gotten some surprises this year. But I mean, that that was that was just ridiculous. You know, Burnley scoring three goals. Do you think that's a, that's just something that happened, or is is is, is going to be consistent? Because I know I'm sure as hell that Sean Dyche, even though they scored three goals, I'm not sure he was he was going to be happy with them conceding one or something in that game. Do you think Burnley are finally have finally turned the leaf? Well, I mean, don't you love football? Don't you love the Premier League? Nobody writes scripts like our league, man, the Premier mm-hmm. League. You know, I, I, I love Burnley. I, I don't want them to be relegated. You know, I think I think they, they I think they've been great in um recent seasons, you know. It'll break my heart to see them relegated. And um I think Sean Dice deserves credit because Brentford have you know been you know, have, have have played well, you know, since they, you know, were promoted, you know. They've, I think they've done really well. And to get three goals against them in the first half, you know, it's, it's, it's I think it, it's good. I think it's very good. And, yeah, um, I don't want to speak too soon. If we're being honest, their performances haven't been, you know, the best, you know, since the season began. But I think the players will get some confidence from this victory, you know, um, Sean Dyche himself will get some confidence and hopefully, it'll, you know, it'll be... Again, I don't want to speak too soon, you know. I, I don't want to jinx it for them too, but maybe, yeah, it, maybe they are resurging, you know. Maybe this is, this is their resurgence. You know, this will be the, the turning point for them. This is the thing that will, you know, jolt them, you know, and um, help them go on a good run of, you know, like, you know, help them get a good run of, you know, victories, you know, good run performances. So, yeah. I think maybe it's the beginning of good stuff for them. You never know. Yeah. All right. So they they versus Stamford Bridge this weekend. They they surely have Chelsea surely has too much for for Burnley. I, I or what do you think? Especially with the <laughs> fact that um, Hakim Ziyech scored um, a, a, a record goal for Chelsea during the week. I mean he he's the he's the joint top highest Moroccan goal scorer in the in the Champions League. Do do you know who he shares that 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 achievement with? Can um, guess? um, Marwan Shamak. Oh, that's a very good guess. Yes, the <laughs> Arsenal legend. Uh, Arsenal should actually build a statue for him or something. <laughs> the the all time legend, Marwan <laughs> Shamak. I think they 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 the, he's in the same level with Nicholas Bentner. They are they are they are godlike levels. <laughs> yeah, not human beings for the Arsenal fans and everything. Yeah, so he shares the same record with Marianne Shamak. Uh, I think they frustrate 
both fan bases in the same the same way because mm-hmm. Hakim Ziyech, I've been tearing my hair out watching him play, but let's see, maybe he should he show some improvements in subsequent games. Now let's give shout outs to some other teams. Now Brighton versus Newcastle. I want to talk about Newcastle because what's happening in the team? I mean, there was all this this excitement about new owners and everything, but they, they seem to not know what they're doing. I mean, they went to look for in the beginning. They they were like. When fans were wearing those Arab Arabian uh, Arab dresses, let me not say Arabian because it's a different thing. Arab dresses with their head scarves and everything, and they were like, "No, don't wear those things because they they it doesn't speak well of the culture and everything." And then they come back and they bring out a statement like, "Okay, well, you guys can do whatever you want to do because, well, who knows?" And now they are looking for a manager, and they went to Unai Emery first. There was talk of Paulo Francesca or something from um, Roma, the ex Roma coach. Now they went to Unai Emery. Apparently, Unai Emery bounced them because he doesn't think the team has a vision. <laughs> There's something coming from Unai Emery. And then um, now, apparently, before this podcast has been recorded, there's news that they are, they are close to signing Eddie Howe. Uh, do you think that they have to get some stability in the team? Because if they do not start getting results and... In January, they are so far off the rest of the 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 Premier League pack, and they're obviously they're they're going down with Norwich. No, they're not going down with Norwich, but Norwich is surely going down. I don't think there's any hope for them um, right now. But do you think they have to start getting points before the January transfer window? Because if you do not, there's the the Newcastle wouldn't be a, a nice place or an attractive place for players to come to because nobody wants to come and be badly in relegation. It's absolutely imperative. I mean, it's of paramount importance that they start winning because, again, we, we've spoken about this on, on this board. If they don't win, they will get relegated. And, I mean, you can have 300 million in your transfer budget, but who wants to play in the championship? Which player would you would possibly want to play in the championship? You know, maybe you'd get some... You know those 34, 35 year olds who are on the brink of retirement, who who have still got a bit, you know, in them, who wouldn't mind coming to play for you. But if you want young, vibrant, hungry, you know, driven players, you know, you want to attract the best players, you need to be playing in the Premier League, and they need to get serious. And um, about Eddie Howe, I I I like Eddie Howe. I think he's I think he's a good manager. Um, I think he did a great job at Bournemouth, you know, um, promoting them. And um, he did he, he did well in the Premier League as well, you know, helping them stay promoted, you know, for consecutive seasons. And he got some good results against some of the big sides. I remember he beat us, you know, at the... Uh, I've forgotten Bournemouth Stadium's name, sorry. Yeah, um, I've forgotten uh, also, but it was... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Vitality, Vitality Stadium. Vitality, the Vitality yeah. Stadium. I remember, yeah, they beat us at the Vitality once, you know. It was a, it was always tough playing against them. I remember I used to watch, you know, our fixtures against them. And um, I think Eddie Howe with this with this Premier League experience, um, with his experience handling um, relegation clubs, I think he he would he would he would he would do a great job. Yeah, they have to fix things first. I think even the interim manager is 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 is, is giving them advice. It's like, what are you people doing? I don't want to be in this job. Go look for a manager. Right? That, <laughs> That that says a lot because most interim managers would like to would like to stay in their jobs, but this guy is like, oh, get me out of here as soon as possible. Let me let me see what's happening. So that that's that's for Newcastle. There we hope we wish the best for them. Um, let me talk about let's see, let's Arsenal versus Watford. Yes, that's a that's, that's a good game. Um, Arsenal have been on a resurgence for the past few weeks. Um. They've been doing quite well. I think Aaron Ramsdale was, was brilliant last weekend. And if it wasn't for him, that's why I'm very skeptical about this Arsenal team because they beat Leicester 2 0. But if it wasn't for Aaron Ramsdale, um, they would have drawn the game or even lost the game. Three exceptional saves, saves in the game, sorry. But I want to talk about Ben Leno because he doesn't necessarily deserve to be on the bench, to be honest. I thought the Arsenal defense was atrocious. And in turn, that was. That was that was that was letting him concede a lot of goals, but then he's unlucky. There's this guy, Aaron Ramsdale, who is English, who has has been quite good for the past three or four weeks. There's no way Ben Leno is coming back into this Aston team. Well, yeah, I mean, 
uh, Ramsdale was making a lot of the Arsenal fans eat their words, you know, because yeah. people were questioning the signing, you know, when um when the move was made for him and all of that. And yeah, credit to Leno, he's an exceptional goalkeeper. But I mean, yes, these Ramsdale's performances of late, you know, will be an indication that yeah, he he deserves to start all the time. I was. I was absolutely blown away. You know, I watched that Leicester match and I couldn't believe my eyes. You know, I have, yeah. um, I'm a sucker for goalkeepers who have excellent reflexes. And that is, yeah. that is, that is, that is, um, Aaron Ramsdale. And the, the manner in which he saved that free kick, you know, all those, um, um, the, all those shots he stopped, you know, it yeah. was, it was such a brilliant performance. And, I, I don't know when when next Leno is going to get his chance and yeah he'll be undoubtedly feeling a bit of pressure but hey competition is good for players you know it brings out the best in them and I'm sure he'll be working twice as hard in training you know to convince Mikel Arteta and all of that but I mean hey props to props to Ramsdale he's he's excellent he's he's very good he deserves it and props to Arsenal as well you know um so many people like talk about you know a team having an identity and. Yeah, I, I think Arsenal epitomise, you know, the phrase don't speak too soon, you know, because they lost their first three games on the bounce and um, people were saying Mikel is going to get sucked and all of that. But to be fair to them, you you, 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 you could make a, a few excuses for them. You know, that Brentford game, they didn't have their best players. The second game was against um, City. Yeah, so I think the second game was against City, you know, I mean... City are a very difficult side to always play against. The third game was against Chelsea. Chelsea also a very very formidable side. And so um all the stick they were getting it was a little bit unwarranted, you know. But hey, they they bounced back and um I, I, I expect them to go on a good run, you know. But yeah, um mm. for, for Leno getting back in the squad, I don't know. He would have to do a lot to convince Mikel Arteta, yeah. Yeah. I think I think you are more you are more optimistic than the Arsenal fans because <laughs> I was speaking with some of them earlier this week and then they were like, Well, you know, this is this is Arsenal. They might be going on a three game winning run and then go on a like six game losing streak again. So, losing six <laughs> game losing come on. <laughs> let, let, let's see what happens with Arsenal. Uh, let's see, because it's interesting. Okay, so that's basically about it for the Premier League. I also want to give a shout out to um Fulham's striker. Mitrovic, because he's been absolutely busting it in the in the championship. I don't know. It's like they they come up and then they don't play him and then they send they go back into the championship and he's like the Superman there or something. He he's ab- absolutely useless in the Premier League, but then Superman in in the championship and that's 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 the whole thing. It's like they go back into the championship just so they know that Mitrovic is playing. So when they come to the Premier League, they're like, okay, well. Let's not sell him because there's a possibility we are going back down. When we go back down, you are going to, he's going to prove very good for us. So yeah, that's the yo yo the yo yo ness of the the championship cups <laughs> because it looks like West Bromwich Albion and, and 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 Fulham are going to come back into the Premier League next next season. But, but let's see how that goes. Same with Norwich; it looks as if they're already down, and I wouldn't be surprised if they come into the 2023-2024 season. As newly promoted sites, so yeah, that's basically about it. And oh yeah, Barcelona have confirmed Javi as their new manager. That's interesting news for Barcelona fans. Yeah, yeah. about that, I have, a, I have a question. I'd like to know mm. your perspective. Give you mm. get your perspective on something. You know, with yeah. with with Barca's you know acquisition of Xavi and all of mm. this. You know, what, what whenever you know um, a manager is on the brink of a sack, you know, especially Manchester United. You know, there's there's mm. so much talk about. DNA and the, the club's, you know, identity and mm-hmm. the way the club used to play historically and all of that, you know. Obviously, we, we, we've we seen him with Manchester United. People saying, yes, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the good man because he understudied Sir Alex. He knows the way Sir Alex used to play and all of that, blah, blah, blah. You should always bring a manager who whose perspectives, you know, align with the club's DNA or whatever. Mm. Um, with Barcelona, they tried to bring in Ronald Koeman, who's Dutch, who's a former player, who they thought was well acquainted with the Croatian philosophy and all of that. Yeah, yeah. They're bringing in a former player, Xavi, who they feel knows the club or whatever, say DNA, whatever term you want to use. What do you think of this thing? Te- teams, former players, you know, of a team saying, 
yes, we should we should stick to the club's DNA. Do you think it's a good thing, or you think clubs should move away from this 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 thing about tradition and try and look for new ways of playing? Because to be honest, it doesn't always work, you know. Like we 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 see with Manchester United, like I've said, you know, today Ole plays well, tomorrow he doesn't. Today people say yes, we should hire managers who know the DNA of the club. We've seen Barcelona do it with Xavi and Koeman and everything. Mm. So I'm sure my question seems wrong, but I think I'll try and summarize it. Do, yeah. do, what do you think of this DNA thing? Do you think clubs should continue um, hiring managers who are a bit affiliated with the club, who know the club's DNA in quote, or do you think they should stop this DNA talk and try and look for proven winners who, who weren't necessarily affiliated with the club, you know? Because well, we saw it with your club, you know, you got rid of Frank, yeah. Frank Lampard easily. So, yeah, what do you think? I, you know, there's a thing about this DNA thing, and I think from when I started watching football or or when I started, yeah, when I started watching football, I think the, the, the blueprint has been Pep Guardiola and Zinedine Zidane because both of them have, they did very well with their clubs, you know, Pep, going on to become one of the best managers in the world, being one of the most successful managers in the world, you know. But that was with the Spanish clubs. That was with um, Barcelona and Real Madrid. Recently, it hasn't been going so well with the whole DNA thing because Pep got, uh, sorry, Ole was there and I'll use Frank Lampard also as Chelsea. It, it didn't go really well. And I think that the best example I can use is Perlo. You know, going to Juventus, it was an absolute <laughs> disaster. I don't know what, 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 I don't even think he's going to get a coaching job after all of that. Maybe somewhere in Verona or, or Sicily or something, I don't know, in Italy. But, you know, it's, I feel like teams these days or people these, or clubs these days should just focus on the, on, on, yes, it's good to win trophies. It's good to win, it's good, it's good to have an identity. And Ajax. These days, they, they play brilliant football in the Champions League. Yeah. It's, a, it's a club with an identity. and there's. But if it's not working, if it's not working, don't stay with it. Don't stick with it and say, oh, we're looking for an identity. And if, it's, it's all good to have players from the academy coming into your club and coming into your... But it gets to a time, the fans do not care about players coming from the academy. The fans won, won, won victories, especially if you're a big club. If you're a small club, that's okay. But then there's expectations from these big clubs. So yes, the DNA thing it's nice. It's good. It's good to go back to your coach, your former player who knows the club and everything. But as long, even though he's your former player, doesn't necessarily mean he's a good coach. If you if you get what I'm saying, yeah. your former yeah. player doesn't coming in knowing the philosophy. They are, they are very good managers and they are very good um, players. They are very good players who become good, very good managers in the future, and they are very good managers or very good players who become very bad managers in the future. And it's evident Pep Guardiola wasn't the best of players in the in the Barcelona team, but he's proven to be an exceptional manager. It's good to have the experience of being a player coming in as a manager because it's easy to re, um, relate to the players. It's easy to talk to the players. You know what the players go through in the team. You know the whole um, DNA of the club and everything. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to become a good coach or he's going to become a, a, a brilliant coach. So it's, it's very... It's very I think it's very imbalanced. I think there's, there's just there are a few people that get a sweet spot of it. As I said before, um, Pep Guardiola and and and, and Zinedine Zidane. I think Eric Ten Hag of Ajax. I don't, I don't I don't know if he was a player. Maybe someone might correct me or anything. I don't know if he was a former player for Ajax, but he seems to know what the club wants. I think Ajax is the perfect example for that. I think in their in, when you are going for a job there or, or something, you have to. They tell you that the club DNA is more important than even like victories or everything, and the victories come in second and everything. But I just know, I just believe it depends on the on the club. I feel like Barca went for for Xavi because he isn't really expensive. I think that's why most clubs also go for these. Yeah, I think that's why most clubs go for these these coaches because they're not necessarily expensive. You know, they would jump at the job of of managing their club. You know, and and and, and all of that. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I I'm 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 looking forward to see what Javi brings to this this Barcelona team because they've been atrocious. Um, they don't even look like they're going to qualify from their Champions League group. But let's see what happens because they have Bayern and Benfica to play in. 
They, they, they haven't gone to the Alliance Arena yet. Yeah, they have. Yeah, this yeah, is a fortress, they, man. They, they have to go there and, and they, they they have to play Benfica. They they lost both games in the first legs of in, earlier in the Champions League. So I think it's a very tall order for 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 Xavi. I don't think Barcelona can win anything this season because it's it's um it's a rebuilding season for them. Let's say, but let's see what it brings. Maybe there there can be some stability in the club and everything. So yeah. Is that is an exciting appointment and, and I'm I'm looking forward to, to to seeing him. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good grounds. Yeah, 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 thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. All right. So that has been the show for today. It's been an interesting show. It's been full of laughter, full of fun. And yes, the Premier League is back this weekend. Lots of tasty fixtures, lots of interesting fixtures and I would encourage you to watch the games if 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 you're not a big fan of the Premier League. And the new ball is coming, yes. The new Premier League winter ball. Winter I don't know, they, they changed the balls like three times a season. I, I don't know. It's all <laughs> the pre- Premier League flex and everything, but let's see how that goes. And so, yeah, beautiful fixtures. There's a game this this tonight, sorry, I think Southampton versus Aston Villa. Or Aston Villa versus Southampton. Interesting game. And then tomorrow we kick off with the Manchester Derby. So we'll be here on Monday to review all the action and let's see how that goes. Have a good day. Have a good weekend. Remember to like and subscribe for this podcast. Thank you, George, for being on the show as always. You're always a good sport. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's always a pleasure being here. I always have so much fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's great. So we'll see you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend and enjoy. Bye.